Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hello, listeners. <laughs> and those of you that are watching. Hitners? Is that what you said? Hello, Hitners. Oh, man, go. Listeners, it's so professional in here. It's just like, just like we're we're uh, we're having a great old time. Doc, you know what's going to be a great time? (sighs) Yeah, is that next AHA rally? Yeah, where's that at? It's going to be oh, that's that's the biggest deal going. It's going to be the one that everybody's going to be talking about forever because only Heretic could do that right. There we go. Her- Heretic Brewing Company. We're, we're going to do uh, AHA Rally April 26th, Saturday, April 26th from 1 to 4 p.m. If you are an AHA member, it is free. Absolutely free. We're going to have free. a work giveaway. Giveaway, do you say? Uh, giveaway, like as in free? The the Brewing <laughs> yes. Network guys are going to be here. Uh, be there, sure. Palmer, Palmer's going to be there. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. And uh, I've got to check the calendar. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the, some, uh, get the, some free beer. The, free, the, the beer giveaway, the work giveaway is sold out, though, right? Uh, I don't know. I think it is. It's That's like what the, the first website. first yeah. hundred and fifty people it, or so. I saw that on the website. So I might. You're out of the loop. I'm. So, I'm sure. I might. I might have some extra. Anyway, gonna, <laughs> no, I don't want it. We're gonna but. make. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> we're gonna make enough to make sure we cover the first hundred and fifty people. I see. And then if, if people, but we're gonna make more than that because we don't want to short those people. I see. So that's the thing. Bring a carboy anyway. Yeah, and you know, if we have some left over, you know, people are welcome to it. So, so. people will get five gallons of free wort. Yeah. Plus, correct me if I'm wrong. The yeast, the yeast a choice of yeast, yes, to to brew from, it. from White Labs, right? from White Labs, well, and then right. uh, the, also a five star cleaning kit to clean that carbo, <laughs> you know, after you're done, and uh, oh, yeah. also uh, the malt was uh, provided by Country Malt. So there you go. Well, wow. that's great. Will there be some Country Malt people there? You think? Or I don't know. I don't know. hit them up. Invite them over. Might be. Should we, can we bring some homebrew? Is that all right? Or what do you think? Uh, Maybe not. No. No. Uh, what you also may want to do is make sure they don't add the yeast until after they leave. <laughs> it could otherwise, be hot. Otherwise, it's beer. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, makes a good point. A way to look out, Mike. Oh, yeah. Right. Now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. Well, uh, Speaking I, of thinking, our fine sponsor, uh, Northern Brewer, yeah. northernbrewer.com. Uh, check them out. They, they're thinking all the time. They're way ahead of us, that's for sure. How to help out their uh, their customers, how to provide uh, great service, yeah. great prices, and uh, a vast selection of great stuff to make all the styles of beer that we talk about. They got the stuff to make those beers. So mm-hmm. go check them out, northernbrewer.com. They, they pay for the show so you don't have to. Uh, and today, instead of going over a specific style, we've got a special guest. We're spicing it up. Yeah, well, we're spicing it up right what? here in the studio. Uh, we're, we're spicing it up because um, one of the things that I always complain about is that you people... Never. <laughs> I never complain. That's true. <laughs> I'm always so happy-go-lucky. That people will read the style guide mm. 
And then they interpret it in these bizarre ass ways where it's like it mentions some sort of, you know, uh, crisp character to a beer, and then they get from that it can be sour. They mention it's, it's, it's got a very, you know, uh, low to none fruitiness, and they're like, well, it could taste like Jolly Ranchers. And I find it just frustrating. So there's not enough clarity in, in definitions. And then maybe that's what our point here is. We need well, to define these terms before I, we can say well, them. Well, that, right? and I, I, I'm not sure if it's if it's that or it's just people are stupid. Well, so, there's an element of that. <laughs> to answer that question for us, and we've got uh, so so Gordon, Gordon Strong, uh-huh. like then Grand Master Wizard no. 27, Yoda, could, at the BJCP, president of the BJCP, uh, keeper of the style guidelines. Uh, Gordon, my good friend, how you doing? Hey, Jamil. Great to be with you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, uh, taking time out from from the family to uh, talk uh, beer and, and styles with us. So, yeah, they're used to it. <laughs> they used to be abandoned for, for BJCP work. <laughs> you know about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So um, what say you on this, this whole thing of, uh, you know, people not quite fully – or, or reading too much into the style guide. You know, am I am I off track here? Do do plenty of people just completely go off the deep end with this stuff? Well, I think I think enough of them do that. It's uh, uh, it's worth talking about. I mean, I, uh, plenty of people do read the, the guidelines in the way they were intended. I mean, you pretty much take them at face value. If it says low hops, chances are I meant low hops doesn't mean something else so it's it's not like uh you know the da vinci code or something you know there's not like some secret meeting that you're going to get by uh you know i don't know maybe put, there put is it on the turntable and run it backwards or something <laughs> i think if you cut every third word out and paste it together it has a secret message Oh, I should I should really do that, you know. If, if it's printed out like the first character of everything, you know, right, right. And then it, it forms no, I didn't mean that asshat. The, the the meaning of life, yeah, exactly. Have you seen the uh, the documentary, Gordon? The or just read the book for the Da Vinci Code? Because they they made a documentary about it with uh, Tom Hanks, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a documentary, yeah, a documentary. There you go. Why you guys? Right. La- I don't understand why you're laughing. See, that's. <laughs> And that's the kind of person we're dealing with on the stock because I think you know a lot of people, uh, a lot of people read it, and and a lot of uh, you know BJCP judges read it, and they they they've you know kind of been educated well, how how to interpret what what is what is in the the uh, the code here, and uh, but there's a lot of people who just you know they, they no interest in becoming judges, but you know they're interested in learning about beer styles. And when I started out, I I just you know read it to to learn more about beer styles, and I think uh, you know a lot of times people will read these things and, and interpret them, you know, or they'll, they'll put too much emphasis on one thing or another, or just because it's listed in there in a list of you know possible things, they think everything needs to be in there for it to be a good example of the style. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I talk about that a lot that's really a forest for the trees argument mm-hmm. there's there are a number of different attributes in beer and beer judges are kind of taught to tear a beer apart into its component uh parts and uh you know analyze each one and that's that's all well and good because that lets you actually sort of quantify your perceptions on the score sheet 
But then, you know, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum is that the putting putting it back together uh, kind of missed the overall the overall impression of the beer. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. Not all combinations of things that are described in individual components of the guidelines added up together makes a good example of that style. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can come up with combinations of things that are technically allowable that uh, would really make an awful um, example of the beer. So you have to, you have, it, it really has to pass that. Um, does it feel like this style of beer before you before you get into the details mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well and I, I think a lot of people miss that yeah i i think uh they focus too much on the individual elements and that becomes style to them and they're like no no, no it needs to you know they have this well and I, i've had uh uh judging with with somebody at uh second round of the nhc and they were just like well a doppelbach has got to be boozy you know, I gotta. You know, it's gotta be. I've, I've got to taste the, the alcohol. Say that? <laughs> right, right. I'm like, what? And I, I've had other ones. I, I, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have beer in our hands, oh, just so we can drink. That's what's missing. And then uh, maybe I'll, I'll I'll call up some of the. I think I think you've eradicated the my most passionate ones, but there still might be some in there. I don't know. Maybe maybe we can dredge some of those up and. And we can kind of go through, uh, look at some of those styles, and and kind of give people guidance on how they should interpret what what is there, and you know give give the you know definition of you know low to none, none being yeah, non-existent. What are you guys uh, What are you guys going to be drinking? I think we're going to crack open the mirror pond because you have mirror pond and we have mirror pond, so let's mirror pond it. Mirror pound it. <laughs> All right. We'll take a short break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. (laughs) I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. (gasps) It can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to 
life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acids. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Wickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman, with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer beer styles flavor and tasting the brewing process and ingredients and pairing food with beer learn more about your next beer guide at cicerone.org certified cicerone because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint Williams Brewing announces their first customer recipe issue since 1991. This free 64-page catalog includes 27 of the best home brewing recipes submitted by their regular customers. Best of all, this paper-only catalog is free for the asking. Just go to williamsbrewing.com and click on the free customer recipe issue link. This offer expires October 18th. While you are on the site, check out some of the latest exclusives like the Williams Oatmeal Stout Malt Extract, the Big Oxygen System, and they even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enjoy their famous customer service. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. 
Now back to Brewing with Style. Ah, we're back. <laughs> Scott has both surprised me and then impressed me. That's Beer Olympics right there in its finest go. form. Wouldn't surprise and impress be in the same category? Because if, no. if I messed up, I wouldn't. You wouldn't be surprised. It's, well, it's synonymous. It's well, yeah, you left out one thing. You weren't, you weren't surprised he forgot to get the beer that he said he's supposed to have. Uh-huh. I was surprised. So you weren't. You were. You weren't surprised at that, right? No, I was. I was a little, a little, almost shocked that uh, we went through this whole thing, <laughs> and he told me, "Yeah, we have that," and then. We go down to the fridge. So you were surprised. He, he races out the door. <laughs> well, well, we we did have it, and then it got drank as beers. Oh, in that's what are, happened. Are well, you, well, you, do, you yeah. were a victim then. That's right. Oh. I'm a victim of circumstance. Yes. I'm, a, no, I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor, Tasty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. Uh, Studio hey, Double we got D. cool beer. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Oh. All right. So, Cheers. Gordon, yo, going with uh, all right. So American Pale Ale, we're we're having a uh, Mirror Pond, which is is part of that uh, category. I list as a classic example. Now, one of the things that a lot of times uh, people will say is that uh, the order in which the commercial examples appear in the list is, in fact, the uh, a general sort of ranking as to which one's most representative of the style and the ones at the end may not be quite as representative of the style but still they are within the style is that correct that is correct so uh in this case uh left hand brewing chris england thought of uh, <laughs> yeah left hand brewing jackman's pale ale is not as representative. It's a representative of the style, but not quite so much as Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah, that's the intent. Although, you know, I just, I don't know how um, accurate that is. I think people might be reading too much into that. It's not like one's a pale ale and the other one's a porter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, sometimes we pick different examples from different parts of the country just because people might not be able to get them and... It's always best if you can get something uh, mm-hmm. local and fresh. So let's say you're dead. Okay, there's not different very d- degrees of being dead. You're either dead or you're not. So there you go. Good job, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> that line is dead. <laughs> right. That was supposed to be you, man. <laughs> Trying to be funny. <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> yeah, so, there you go. So. Uh, <laughs> you're either dead or you're not, but in style, you, either you're in style or you're not, right? Well, you there are degrees, you know. Mm-hmm. Some some examples are better than others, um, and when you're when you're kind of on the borderline to the style, I mean, you can make the argument of, um, you know, that's sort of closer to ideal than than not. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's. Uh, it's a black or white thing. I think there's a, a continuum there. Well, and I, I always th- have, you know, put out the argument that uh, you're never, almost almost never in competition does it come down to, oh, well, this one's more to style than the other one. 
either you're in style or you're not. And even if you're on the edge, you know, you could look at beers and go, yeah, that's close enough to style to call it in style. And then it becomes a matter of which one is best brewed. It's a brewing competition, not a style competition. Yeah, I mean, the the knit that you're you're talking about is something that you might see more at the best to show table between two equally well-brewed beers mm-hmm. something that's more representative of the style might get the nod that might be the tiebreaker between mm-hmm. um two really good examples that you can't otherwise uh pick sure. but you know that's kind of like the last thing you should go to not the first mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. right as a as kind of a macro cut at it is like and that's what i meant earlier about the sort of the general impression is you know, do you taste it and say, yeah, that's a pale ale? Mm-hmm. Fine. Mm-hmm. Let's move on and, and, and see how well brewed it is. I agree with that. Right. And I, and I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people go the reverse. They're looking, well, you know, how well to style is it? And they ignore how well brewed it is. It's it's about brewing. Yeah, that's, it's not about styling. Yeah, that's a pet peeve. And I think I think you've wind up with weaker judges doing that because my impression was always that those people are looking for a reason to not judge the beer. Mm-hmm. So they'll just say, oh, you know, this is out of style. So I'll write some bullshit down on the score sheet and then we can move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's really bringing it weak. <laughs> right. So right. Um, when, it, when I hear that, I tell them, you know, no, get back and judge the beer. Mm-hmm. You know, the person paid some money. Tell them what. Tell them what you're perceiving. Don't give them a lesson. Well, and if something's clearly out of style, I can see. You know, saying, "Hey, you know, it's not the style. Nice beer. Here's some comments on your beer. Clearly, you know, not to style. It, but there's so many instances where something it's it's close to style. Yeah, maybe, you know, you because I, I think that the styles are kind of a, you know, the edges aren't black and white there. It's, you know, it's a gray area. What is truly yeah. in style, out of style, a lot of cases. Yeah, um, and the, the, the borders that people draw are somewhat arbitrary. They'll, mm-hmm. that's another way that those guidelines get misinterpreted. You know, they'll look at, they'll look at this and say, well, you know, it says it's okay up to 6.2, and, you know, this tastes like 6.3. Right, right. So, you know, I don't know. I was just going to say the same thing. There, I've, There's a commercial competition where you enter in your beer specs, and if it isn't with exactly within the style guidelines, it's not acceptable. So if it's, you know, 6.5, uh, well, well, let's see, you know, here in uh, American Pale Ale. It's 4.5 to 6.2. If you have something that's 4.4, it is not allowed. And and it just drives me nuts because... So why don't you just lie? <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, they it's get not, bottles with like, labels on like them. If, unless they're going to send it out for lab analysis, it's not like well, people can taste that. Right, right, exactly. I, I don't know why they even bother doing that because non-alcoholic beer is a half a percent. You know, people right. were, you know... Uh, the federal government allows us, you know, 0.3 difference on the beer, you know, to be within ABV. And, uh, you know, because it's it's essentially non-alcoholic, the, the difference you're talking. So why people get so focused on, you know, numbers and as well, it must be this or it must be that. It's like, eh, does it taste taste that way? Does it yeah, taste I, within I, range? I'd, say, I'd say look at those vital stats kind of like the speed limit on the highway. <laughs> 
totally if ignore hopping, it. If you're if you're hopping on the five, are you going to keep it at sixty five? <laughs> really? <laughs> so you know, it's 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 mostly to give you a general idea of where it, mm-hmm. where it goes and how it compares to other things. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 not meant to be a, a, a disqualifier by itself. Mm-hmm. Now. I think American Pale Ale is actually pretty pretty well done uh, in its current incarnation. I think you know a lot of uh, maybe the previous version uh, back in the day. You know, it it went on about you know American hop varieties, citrusy or something like that. Now now it's you know it can be citrusy. That's common, but not required. It could be some other kind of you know hop character. It could be you know. Well, actually. Actually, I can talk about like where this is going to head mm-hmm. because um, it is style guideline season. So, I mean, one of the one of the things that I've seen since these these came out is you know the explosion of of new hop varieties that people want to use, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they might not be you know if it doesn't taste like grapefruit or a pine tree, it doesn't you know it's not American. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. Having words in there that say American or New World, allowing for whatever innovative things are going to happen in hopping in the in the you mm-hmm. know, next five years, and and not have the the guidelines be woefully out of date, right? As long as they're representative of the characteristics of those kind of hops, mm-hmm. then it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It doesn't have to be citrusy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like. I like some of the modern examples that bring in the the tropical fruits. I think those are kind of interesting. Right, the fruity, the melon, that's becoming really popular. We're doing a, a lot more of that with the the latest tops. Yeah. But within style though, Jamil and Gordon, there's got to be a, a baseline or some type of agreement with hop flavor aromas, no matter what varietal you use, malt base, there's got to be a, still an underlying like balance in the back of the judge's mind, like an interpretation, like an end result you're thinking of when you're going to go try these beers and you're judging them, right? I mean, you're just you're talking about these piney hops, these or these citrus. You might be open to more tropical hops, but as long as it falls within that interpretation of a pale ale, uh, that's okay. Right. Even though that hop might be completely never been used before, been out of style. Could, you know, maybe it's, you. So, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a. You know, if you use brand new hops, people might not be aware of them. Just be be open to um, you know uh, use of modern ingredients. It, it, it's not meant to be sort of you know frozen in time. Um, I think the guidelines are best used exactly like that. They're guidelines, and if you're if you're if you're within the intent of them. You know, as as um, practices and ingredients uh, change, then uh, the guidelines are kind of assumed to go along with that. So, um, you know, I wouldn't go well out of bounds, but I think you can be a little broad in how you interpret some of the uh, some of the ways things are written, and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to go through and 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 look at those components. In, in several of the styles and, and, and try to be less restrictive for people. Well, and all right. So now one of the things that I think you and I have discussed in the past, and I, I still don't really 
know how I feel about this is some of the <laughs> styles are, well, you know, that's how it was historically done. So that's why the style is written how it is. And then some of them are, well, maybe they did that in the past, but today this is how they're brewing these styles. And it's it's it seems like, you know, we're we're perhaps everything should be one way or the other or there should be two separate ones you know here's the historical here's the modern uh rather than a mix of both do you have an example <laughs> oh we had examples before um what is it now uh we we had we had something that was an uh, example jamil are you uh, saying that the, the guidelines evolve as Yes, time evolve, goes on, and they evolve with the brewing of the beers. But there was something like I think England, it was. You're saying like, like English, English IPAs IPA. ought to be three point eight percent? Well, no, that's that's the thing. Is either either English I, that's that's a good example. English IPA, and maybe that's what we were discussing. English IPA today is you know three and a half percent. Yet the some guidelines, the guidelines. Well, now they're starting to brew some some bigger ones, but you know. The uh, the guidelines have it at you know as a much bigger beer, and it's like well that's because historically that's what they brewed. Well, it's kind of a cop out because you know the you know the, the there's other ones where we're saying well that's what you know they brew today, and that's changed over time. Like you know uh, American IPA, even you know over over the last ten years or whatever. So it's interesting to you know we kind of pick and choose which representation we like best because we don't care for a three and a half percent beer we we want it to be we want to brew bigger beers and so that's really you know or people want to brew bigger beers in the homebrew well, if you want to if right? you want to brew a three and a half percent ipa why don't you just enter it as a bitter <laughs> right right but then why this you know english ipa so you know it's interesting you know what? What's being called? You know, English IPA. I think that that's that's an interesting thing. No matter what style you pick, you could always find some counterexample to say, "Oh, I can't believe you did this. It's all mm-hmm. wrong," mm-hmm. because there's something out there that calls itself this. Right. Right. Well, whatever. I mean, it's um, you know we're judges for a reason. I mean, you have to you have to put a stake down somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you know, try to come up with something that. Um, describe something well enough that brewers and judges can agree on something so beers can actually be evaluated. I mean, one of the things that we try to do is to structure the style so that there's not a ton of overlap so you can take one beer and enter it in six different places. Mm -hmm. We try to draw, as best we can, clean boundaries between uh, the various styles. And I think that actually helps... Uh, people when they say you know i've got a beer and it has these kind of attributes what is it mm-hmm. and it would be nice to have like a very short list of answers as opposed to well you know it can fit in these like three dozen categories mm-hmm. and written all of them mm-hmm. well and uh, all right so here's here's a follow-on i was to the historic thing so english ipa going more historic english mild going more modern you know, because mild back in the day when IPA was IPA, mild was much bigger. Now mild smaller. So it's like you know, again, and not to not to uh, not to not to you know dash the guidelines, but I, I think people who are reading this need to understand 
you know, kind of where it's coming from, what we're looking at, and, and why we're looking at it that way. Uh, yeah, not they're, they're structured to facilitate what's being brewing competitions. What's yeah, and what what people want to brew, what homebrewers want to brew, what you know, it's not necessarily because uh, uh, like the JBF, they use their own sort of guidelines that have its own interesting structure. And then yeah. they they split there's, up big categories into twenty three sentences, and one of them is always always about chill haze. All right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, true. I think that you know people need to understand this is uh, you know something you know born from homebrewers, and you know kind of guide guidance for you know competitions, discussions. I always say. You know, the, the guidelines are really a shorthand for me. You know, we all can read these guidelines. We can all understand them. And then I can say, so I've got a robust porter that's different, and it's different in this way. I don't have to explain to you everything about a robust porter. I've got a shorthand here. We both have a common point of understanding that we can oh, all sure. work from. And it makes... That's used all the time. Mm-hmm, it makes advancement, uh, you know, much easier. You know, if I had to tell you I ran my car into a tree and explain what a tree was, you know, it's much easier. I can just say it's a tree. I don't have to, to like go into every or what know, a car is, <laughs> right? Exactly. How, how it's not like a bicycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's to, what uh, it's for. It's a it's a it's a common framework here. You know, they they should have a basis in um, practice. I mean, it, it, it's nice, you know, I tend to think of things as, you know, 80% solutions, you know, so if it, if it kind of hits the main points of where people are that, you know, there's a common agreement uh, with people about a style, then we try to document it. If, if that common agreement overlaps something else too strongly, mm-hmm. maybe we'll start looking for ways to uh, tease those apart so, you know, there's more of a clear difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's it's nice to be able to have a place where you can enter your beers, uh, no matter what dimension it takes. So that's kind of what I'm looking for, um, and be able to um, you know still give brewers the uh, creative license they want. I think I think judges would prefer guidelines that exactly described the beer that I just poured for them, so they could look down and say. Yep, nope, yep, nope, mm-hmm. um, right down the list. But, um, you know, that's that's really not what they're for. I mean, the, they have to be broad enough so that a brewer doesn't feel overly constrained. You know, I want to I make my own version of this, so uh, I should be able to do it and have a fair shot if the, if the end product works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of the goal for... Um, how these are written, and I think that's that's part of the problem that you get when you when you when you do add all the detail that's in there. Mm-hmm. But really, the guidelines are like they are because of things that I've seen in competitions and how they get used. When when we used to have, you know, I don't know when you started judging, but um, before the before the sort of the modern guidelines came out, there were these. Uh, they kind of look like the the GABF guidelines. They were, you know, one paragraph tops mm-hmm. um, describing the entire beer. And I would see judges pick it up and say, well, I'm not familiar with this style, so what's this say? And if it didn't say anything about, you know, bitterness or something, they're like, oh, so I guess anything goes. Mm-hmm. 
anytime there wasn't something there, somebody would say, oh, well, I'm going to interpret that how I want to. And invariably, they'd be picking something that was wrong. So that kind of led to this sort of like more over-specification. I think the, the extreme example of that is looking at something like uh, Imperial Stout, which it has so many moving parts in it. Like, how do you describe all of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that, that's the challenge. But anytime I see somebody misuse guidelines in a competition, I'm always thinking, how could I have written that clearer? How can I change that in the future so that the wrong result doesn't happen? When I hear when I hear judges using them wrong, it just it just makes me angry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's take a short break. When we get back, I want to go over some of the words used in the guideline. <laughs> I want like I want you to explain like high and low and things like that. That you are you sure you don't want Tasty to take that first one? You think you think people would would understand, but apparently don't. All right. Take a short break and be back right after this. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and Bruin brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Hey brewers, it's planting season. Have you ever dreamt of walking through your own hop garden? Well, look no further than Woodburn, Oregon and the Crosby Family Hop Farm. Blake Crosby and his family have been passionately growing hops for five generations. And right now, they're taking orders for 2014 rhizomes for all retail and wholesale customers. The Crosbys know how to grow hops and are here to help you establish your family's very own successful hop garden. In fact, when you plant a hop rhizome from the Crosbys, you're using the same plant your favorite professional brewer bought his hops from. Friendly professional service, fast shipment, and quality hops at competitive prices. The Crosby family brings all of this to you. Call 503-982-5166 or visit bcrosbyhops.com and let Blake Crosby and the Crosby Hop Farm help make your hop garden a reality. bcrosbyhops.com Hops from the Crosby family farm to yours. First Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with Neil Monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st of... 
Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Saka JP. That's it! I've had it! I am never putting hops in my beer again! What? Why? It's just too ridiculous! Insane prices, stupid contract, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the Uber Special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, more beer social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now back to Jamil's Tasty and Blise. It's brewing with style. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, style guidelines with uh, BJCP President uh, Gordon Strong. Uh, so, Gordon, when when uh, I read through the guidelines, there's there's times when you know things will say uh, low to none. Um, and I think people, I, I, I hope that people understand what none means. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking maybe they're getting lost on the low side of things. And then uh, conversely, when something says, you know, moderate to high. And I think to, to, a, to a beer judge, um, you know, high means, you know, something is, you know, quite evident. It doesn't mean, you know, like, you know, high fruitiness means, you know, there's quite a bit of fruit esters in the fermentation and you and you pick that up easily. It's very recognizable. You probably pick it up in the aroma. But people assume that means, you know, Jolly Rancher strength. Yeah. High means jalapeno, not habanero. Right, 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 right. High, high spiciness. You know, uh, a high level of phenolics means, oh wow, I, I taste the clove. I get, I get, you know, some clove. I get, I get the peppery. I, I'm picking that up easily. Not, it's you know, uh, tastes like you know you've 
burnt a plastic water bottle and you know and drank that you know exactly um it it's it's it still has to be an enjoyable, drinkable beer. I mean, if if the kind of beer that somebody is describing to you that they were expecting, mm-hmm. if that combination of things winds up to be something wholly undrinkable, then I th- I'd say that they've got it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, I mean, seriously, it's – and I've had people make that kind of argument with me in, in judging before too of, well, I wish it had more of this. I'd say, well, suppose it did. How would that work with these other components? Would it still sort of be recognizable as the style, or would it throw it, you know, completely out? So don't ask for something that um, um, really sort of undermines the the, the critical nature of the style. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's an example for us: uh, American Blonde Ale, Category Six Six B, right? All right. Uh, Flip some pages uh, here. American Blonde Ale. It says um, uh, like just under uh, uh, the carbonation is uh, listed as medium to high carbonation. Now, high carbonation to me in an American Blonde Ale is maybe like three volumes max. That's you know, really two, high. two seven, something. Like, you know, it's you know got some carbonation to it, but I could see it be down around two volumes, but. I can't see it being, you know, high for like a Belgian ale of some kind that's almost champagne-like. And I think, you know, sometimes um, people, you know, again, they might get into that, right? Yeah, that's that's true. I just, you know, and people have asked before things like that, like, well, how many volumes does this mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, come on, it's, I want to use the words because... It's designed for judges in a competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a judge isn't going to be sitting there with lab equipment. They're going to be sitting there with their palate and you know their eyes, and you know it has to be it has to be what you perceive it as, not not some analytical measure. Otherwise, you could just sort of pour your beer into the uh, you know the judgmatic three thousand, and you know out the score would come. Well, but, I think um, you know people need to take take every subcategory in the greater context and say okay for american beers what's high carbonation we're not talking about every style in the world this is high carbonation we're talking it, it it refers to within you know the the kind of genre of american pub ale you know blonde ale could have high carbonation could have you know moderate carbonation it's not you know like cast beer it's not like you know belgian ale you know a, you know a sparkling yeah, high carbonation ale. for an american beer is like something you drink you'd, you'd expect to drink very cold mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so <laughs> right, right. And we all know what we're talking about there but um yeah i mean it doesn't mean champagne right right and so you know just because it says high doesn't mean that it can be over the top like you were saying you have to take it in the context of a drinkable beer you have to take it in the context i think of you know other types of beer in the the same broad category you know uh, american ales or lagers or you know sulfur in lagers is a different thing than sulfur in you know some other ales true and so you know relative to to other lagers you know this style of lager may have you know a bit more sulfur 
uh, you know, versus, you know, ales that may have a touch of sulfur, it's probably far less than any, any of the lagers. Yeah, indeed. Um, you know, the, I think the, I think the closest you'd get there is, um, um, not something yeast derived, but something more water derived. If, if you're looking at uh, something with a lot of sulfates in it, then I think that's kind of the closer that you'd get. But uh, I want to pick up on something you said earlier when when you were when you're saying you read something that says low to none. What's that mean? <laughs> yeah, low to none means this component is entirely optional. If it's there, it may be as high as low. Mm-hmm. Very but subtle. That's it. Yes, but. It means it, it's also okay if it's not there at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's something that could be there in the trace, and that's not a fault. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think people miss that. So, yeah, it's, if they see a word and then they don't like the, you know, they see a noun and they don't like the adjectives that go with it, they tend to ignore them. So, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, have to, you have to really pay attention to um, um, you know the the intensity indicators, uh, you know that's where I think judging something and learning to judge with the the checkli- checklist score sheets kind of helps because it helps you kind of map out how strong the various components are, mm-hmm. um, and you know the guidelines uh, you know generally have that information in them about uh, what you can expect, but. Really, I think too many people are unfamiliar with the styles and just pick up the descriptions and just give it a, give it a go. Um, yeah, uh, that's unfortunate, and people are forced into it. Hopefully, the the method that the BJCP teaches lets them do you know a decent job, but they should, should still kind of pay attention to people that are familiar with the style that can tell them. Um, not the individual components, but do they all add up to something that is recognizable as the style? That's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. that's the kind of the first cut that you ought to go to before you know getting down into the weeds about uh, quantifying all the individual uh, pieces. Well, and I think people should be going out, buying these commercial examples, and you know drinking them and trying them, you know, with other people that may know something, may not, and you know getting getting some idea. Of you know reading it, the guideline, Andrew, and that's what I did, and that really helped me a lot. If you if you just rely on the text, or if you just rely on some example that's you know some brew pub has labeled as one thing or another, you don't really know the style. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, no matter how well something is written, um, you know there is no substitute for going out and trying it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, unfortunately, some of these styles you can only get in different parts of the world. But you know, put them on the list and uh, <laughs> see what you can do. Mm-hmm. One, all um, right, I, I got a couple things to beat you up on. Still, all right. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Always, you're my good friend. I get, to, I get to, I get to jab you every now and then. Um, here's here's one for you. Okay, uh, Kolsch. I, I I recall I was doing best of show judging, and somebody told me that, uh, and one of the beers in the in the best of show round that apparently this person judged in the earlier rounds, it was sour. It was to me, it was it was quite sour. To them, it was you know 
lightly sour. And they said that that was appropriate to the style because it had wheat in it. And I said, you show me in the style guides where it says that Kolsch can be sour. And I will agree that this is, you know, best to show. And so we had to, like, go and get a whole, you know, style guide. And half an hour later, there is no word sour in in Kolsch. However... I think this is what led them down that road. And to this, I think you've changed this, but to this day it says uh, slight pucker in the finish. <laughs> See, that's more interpretation, though. Well, yeah, I got a slight pucker for you. And then um, <laughs> it says uh, it's got a twang. <laughs> There's a, a possibility of, oh, tang. Tang in the finish. This is the, the beer of astronauts, clearly, because it's got tang in it. <laughs> So well, that's the pro- that's the problem with too many right. judges is they're completely unfamiliar with tang. Right. I think I think too many I think too many people uh, have uh, have uh, you know over the years because you're not yeah I mean you know all this wasn't uh, you know there's stuff put in here that you've been trying to fix and you know you've got a whole history to deal with and a whole bunch of other people to deal with in in fixing these things. But I was like you know I've been to Cologne I've drank every example of Kolsch that can be had in Cologne and. None of them had uh, had the wang to it, you know. It was, you know, I, I don't get any sourness, and and I think that people they they so take sourness these things. isn't intended, and the whole idea that sourness right. is derived from wheat, right? You know, right? And, and I don't but, know where people get that either. Oh well, I think it was one of the earlier style guide uh, iterations, and it's and it's uh, thankfully I think uh, reduced. Here, well, here's another. And you know, this one's a She's big pet peeve of mine is the Scottish ales. <laughs> with the peat smoky this goes back to a decade ago this is when people put <laughs> peat malt in their scottish ales you're like you're crazy <laughs> you know there is no peat malt in in these in these things be smoke beer right Ross? oh my god and you know the the amount of smoky peat smoky beers i've had to drink and i, I tell you it's because of the style guides people are like well then you know i'll put in a half pound of uh peat malt <laughs> Yeah, I didn't write that one. I'm sorry about that. It's bloodied. <laughs> right. Well, and it's not we're your gonna, fault. We're going to take that out back and shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not your fault, but uh, yeah, shoot uh, that thing. I can't stand peat malt. <laughs> yeah, and the only reason people put it in there is because it was in the guidelines, and it was one of the early things, or maybe it got in the guidelines because some of the early you know, believed that it should be in there, and it, it just you know took on its own life, and it, and it, it just kept. You know, stayed in there. It's well, been reduced yeah. down. Can, You've trimmed it down. Finally, I think you're, you'll you'll have no, removed it, all it, of the know, tumor. The, the things need to be fixed <laughs> <They moved laughs> right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that's a particularly good one. But uh, yeah, you yeah. hit the nail on the head earlier when uh, when we're putting these together. A lot of people are involved, and you mm-hmm. know, some things come up to votes and compromises and. Um, yeah, there's there's some things that I've been unhappy about for ten years in here that I'm I'm hoping to fix on this go round. You just tell me who who to eliminate. I get a contract. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that offline. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's not do it on the air, in case uh, somebody <laughs> happened to die. Well, uh, Gordon, if you then they know it's coming. <laughs> Gordon, if you consider like some sort of glossary that defines the terms, like you know what what is what is load and nut and what is tang and uh, or recommended kind of ingredients. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the um, style guides now have. I think one of the great things is kind of more use of the overall impression, more use of the the history, more use of the ingredients and comments. I think you know you've added a lot that's really helped 
flesh out the explanation of what the beer is. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm going to answer Tasty's question, but um, you brought up something about the overall impression. That's one of the things I'm trying to do this time is go through and treat that basically as the consumer level um, description of the beer style. And uh, you know how would how would you describe this beer to somebody that knows what beer is but might might not know too much about beer? That's kind of what I'm treating that paragraph as. So um, you know, it's almost like you could go through and lift just those single paragraphs, and then you know, if if you're publishing the beginner's guide to beer styles, they could just kind of start with that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a goal for this 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 go round. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, glossary, um, I've thought about uh, I've thought about that too. Um, it was kind of our goal to um, have this vocabulary application thing up and running. Uh, we still kind of hope that's going to work. I was hoping that people could refer to things there, but mm-hmm. a decade in the making. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a long story there that I really don't want to get into here, but. Um, you know, I'm looking back in the introduction, and and we did start talking about that with uh, color and, and saying how we think color maps from SRMs to um, descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned, like, is there some way that we could sort of map volumes of CO2 to carbonation? Um, yeah, I just don't have the data for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the sort of the low, medium, high kinds of um, characteristics – yeah, that's really rough because it's all relative to the style. Mm-hmm. So um, um, it's more like what you get out of the overall balance. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe I can maybe I can put something in the introduction that talks about um, you know how you interpret those words. But you know, no matter how many ways you write something, somebody's going to come up with some stupid way to um, interpret them. So it's. Doing things like this is kind of what I think the best thing to do is, and that out at competitions, if you see somebody interpreting it wrong, you know, just correct them. Tell them, no, that's not what was intended. Hit them with a stick. No, say bad boy. Right. It's basic. Roll up yeah, it's, ba- it's basic training. And then put their nose in it. That is effective. <laughs> you put their you know, nose I, in it. Go I, I smell that beer. Once I judged with somebody once that was like reading one of the style guidelines and. You know, and I said, "Well, you know, it says this." And they're like, "Yeah, but what they really intended was something else." And I just sort of <laughs> stared at them. It's like, I think I know what I intended when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think it was you know like the stupidest arguments I ever heard. <laughs> you know, when you when you mention the numbers and stuff like that, you know, I'd, be, I'd almost get rid of the vital statistics just because you know people cling to that. And, you know, really what, what they need, like you're saying, is more of a, a descriptor. It's for the judge at the time. You know, they, they're not going to measure IBU. And a lot of them have no clue how to how IBUs balance against, you know, malt character and things like that in a beer. And so, you know. It can, like, totally wreck your, imp- your impression of IBUs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- they just need, uh, you know, they need the, the descriptive, you know. You, the bittering you sense in this beer should be, you know, low to moderate, you know, not, you know, because because yeah. you know the numbers and, and depending I don't on the want kind to of delete beer, the numbers because you, yeah. you know how it's going to go is then everybody's going to make imperial everything and sort of right. stuff it in there. Yeah, right. it kind of fits this. Hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's it's you know it's it's a and this is why I wanted you because you know it's um it's not something that is black and white. It's something that you know there's a big gray area there. Speaking of big gray areas, we need to take another break, and uh, when we come back, we'll wrap up with questions from the chat right after this. All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brew Vent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishev, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! 
What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on into the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Brewers, anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Serial Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom-built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in-house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing, too. Original extract and all-grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10, B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. Homebrewing.org. Join the adventure you're listening to brewing with style on the brewing network now back to brewing with style all right during the break we're talking about uh what it's like to be a friend to to scott (laughs) i have an agenda apparently (laughs) what what is agenda Uh, no i actually totally disagree with that he's very forgiving yeah all right. Uh, An internal agenda. <laughs> if you're listening live... It's a category, Dad. Uh, <laughs> any of these shows, these shows are all done live. And you get a chance to uh, uh, participate in the chat. You go to the uh, the webpage, click the big chat now button, and you can get in on the show and, uh, and ask questions in the chat room of our guests and ourselves. Uh, we got any questions this time, uh, Scott? Yeah, there's a few of them. Uh, let's start with uh, our uh, ubiquitous buddy, Spider Wrangler, uh, who said that he knows they are in the midst of a fairly large revision of the style guide, and he's wondering if Gordon um, ever envisions a time where the style guide will be, quote, complete, other than changing com- commercial examples. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with no. Yeah, I'd think it would be impossible. Because why? Things are always changing. It's it's like um, you know that whole story about historic versus current versus you know uh, things are changing uh, in brewing, and they they I think they always will. I, we always think, oh well, we've invented everything that could be invented. I don't think so. No, there's things all the time. Yeah, like you know, I, think, I think if 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 all the styles were sort of derived from German brewing tradition and there was no such thing as you know belgium or america then you know maybe they would be done mm-hmm. you know these are our styles and we like them and this is what we make but in most places in the world uh that's that's not true at all so i think people are going to be 
continuing to be creative and come up with new things. And if there are good ideas and other people start making them, then uh, those can lead to styles. I like to think of it as a living document, something that you know <laughs> it has a life in it, and it and it needs it keeps it keeps growing, it keeps changing, uh, and it needs to. Yep, and sometimes it needs to be disciplined. And this vision of you in your high heels, you get the whip, <laughs> like spanking the, the guy. The word along. file open, <laughs> the edit button, control alt delete, just lingering. There you go. <laughs> All right, next question uh, from Junkyard Brewing. He said, uh, Jamil and Gordon, how much does yeast play into style and judging? Uh, for example, can you brew a Baltic porter and ferment with something like West Yorkshire uh, to produce some red fruit character and still have it fit into Baltic porter? You could you could brew with anything. You could you know scrape gunk out of your sink and brew with it. And if it tastes right, it doesn't matter what you've put into the beer. Does not matter so how you, you brewed it. Or, right, exactly. It doesn't matter how you brewed it. Doesn't matter you know what the yeast was. Doesn't matter you know people are like well you know I made this but uh, you know I put I put uh, you know maple syrup in it and I don't taste the maple syrup. Do I have to you know list this as a, like a you know specialty beer? I'm like no 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 no. Whatever it tastes like, that's what you enter it as. That's that's what it is. Doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah, I actually had somebody point for the Baltic Porter example. I actually had somebody point out that. You know, in Russia, they have to be brewed as ales. So, um, uh, yeah, you you can. You know, it shouldn't be something that has huge ale-like uh, features, but um, you can use other other yeasts. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it, it Jamil, Jamil's the master making like uh, one into any style. <laughs> <laughs> Too sure I am. Sure I am. <laughs> All right. Next question. Yeah, the, yeah the, the whole Scottish thing, right? Not with oh, enough to oh, fit malts, true. it'll yeah. taste just yeah. like it has peat yeah. in it. <laughs> I remember that. All right, the next question is, um, you know, in the, he says in the past, uh, Jay-Z has said that as the uh, BJCP, or if the BJCP adds new styles, that uh, he and Plize will get together and do more shows on those styles in the old format, <laughs> oh, the old Jamil yeah. show format. Right, right. Uh, what are the chances of that uh, happening? Gordon, adding more styles? Do John and yes. I have more shows today? Yes, indeed. Uh, John, we're on the hook. Any, uh, any examples of any you're adding? Uh, session IPA? Black IPA? <laughs> Red IPA? Uh, White there, IPA? There will be a whole variety of uh, IPAs handled in a um, oh. uh, creative way that allows for new experiments to still work. And not have a zillion IPAs in, in the competition, too, I hope, right? So you can... And Senator, what what is your take on Obamacare? Uh, <laughs> no, the, the the goal is the goal is to get, you know, specialty beer not be half black IPAs. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, there, for a couple of styles, what we're looking at doing is um, sort of having a. Um, sort of a, a generic description for a, a category so like specialty IPAs and then there'll be examples you know black IPA, Belgian IPA, rye IPA, what have you um, but each of those would have a write up so um, you know it might not be its own style but there would be a style write up that judges and entrants could use so um, I was looking at a way that we could um, allow for 
people trying to do some creative things in the future. So like the specialty IPA thing, you can specify a strength, whether it's session or standard or double, uh, for instance. So you could take any one of those things and say, oh, you know, this is a session version of that. Or, oh, I, I mix these things together and still have it fit within that category and not automatically kick it over to, to uh, the the, the general specialty category. So I'm really interested to see how that, that all works out. Um, I'm sure people will come up with a way to use it wrong, but um, uh, <laughs> at least at least if we have write-ups for the majority of these styles, then uh, at least people could agree on something. Well, could you include like an, and then other special IPA as, an, as a description? Or that would just be counterintuitive. That would have to go over into specialty beer category. I think you call it special, special IPA. Really special. <laughs> really very so special. We special. Don't even know what the, yeah. Imperial special IPA. Because, I mean, yeah. it's almost limitless, the number of uh, things that make a IPA special, right? I mean, you said rye. Um, love. Well, yes. well, it's it's more like it's a collection of um, well-defined things as opposed to true specialty things. Okay. So, um, like I said, because there will be write-ups. Right. Well, great. All right. Next question. That's it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Gordon, for uh, taking the time to to help educate people on how to how to understand the guidelines, how they're intended, uh, and to fill us in on some of the exciting things coming up. Great. Enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Look forward to seeing you in uh, June. Yeah, we'll see you in uh, uh, Grand Rapids. We'll see you there. All right. Indeed. If you enjoy the show, uh, make sure you. Uh, follow up with our sponsor northern brewer uh great folks there have been paying for the show so you don't have to and if you enjoy uh you might uh, check out the brewing network store the brewing network.com slash store lots of goodies in there and uh everything you buy there goes to the bottom line of the brewing network until then brew strong everybody Often. be clean